Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, Tyler, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Coming to us from the great state of Oklahoma, Tyler Norvell, president of OYE. Good morning, Trent. That could stand for a lot of things, Tyler. You know that, right? It could, but we just stick to Oklahoma Youth Expo. <laughs> you're, you're never straying. You're always just black and white, straight down the middle. What's going I on try. with Oklahoma Youth Expo these days? Are we going to have one in March? Absolutely, 100%. We uh, put out a video uh, last week, you know, talking about our our plans the best you can talk about them right now. But I jokingly said the other night, you'll get a kick out of this, Trent. We, uh, some of the hog breeders down here in Oklahoma started the Certified Oklahoma Bread Association. And they're doing a really good job promoting Oklahoma bread pigs for Oklahoma kids. And I said a couple of months ago, three months ago, they had a jackpot show. And everybody and their dog just kept coming up to me and saying, are we going to have a stock show? Or are we going to have a stock show? And I said, yeah. well, if you guys want me to just talk to everybody, I will. And, and the video is on Facebook. So I went and said, hey, we're going to have a stock show. You know, I get hit up a lot that you had to cancel last year in the middle of the pandemic. And why do you, are you so confident you can have one this year? And I said, well, we're going to have more than 12 hours to plan for it before Houston canceled, you know, and prepare for what's coming. And I said, we're going to have a stock show. And I said, there's only one thing in my mind I played out where we can't have a stock show and it's not going to happen. And that's if we get a new president and they shut the country down and we will be in civil war and we'll be eating our stock show animals instead of yeah. showing them. So it, I'm not worried about it. If that happens, stock show will be the last thing on anybody's mind. That was my point exactly. So we're making plans. We're making backup plans and backup plans to backup plans. We will have a livestock show in March for the youth of Oklahoma. So we're preparing and very excited. So, yeah, but, I I mean, you know, I dabble a little bit in selling a family or two pigs, and I cannot tell you how many heartbreaking stories I've heard about that day that you shut that you didn't shut down OYE, but it was shut down showing into the wee hours of the morning and the heartbreak and some of the kids in their last year and things. I've heard so many of those stories. I wish people would just kind of come back and focus on the kids, Tyler. That's, that's what I want to do. And I know why you have remained so focused on what's best for the kids and their families. Yep. I, I appreciate that. And I've told people that night, I mean, it seems like forever ago, and it was something I never want to relive. Uh, a friend of mine put it best. He said, Tyler, everybody there was mourning to death. They didn't get to complete something. A tragedy happened in their life mm-hmm. unexpectedly. And looking around and watching that the arenas and when we had to make those announcements, that's what was going on. And, of course, you know we show. And that night I got to be dad and I got to be show administrator, and they were both just horrible things to be that evening. But uh, we got through it. Um, I don't know if I told you the story, Trent. I know you talked to Blaine Arthur, but – the uh, some folks from the White House called Blaine Arthur the day before we had to cancel. And well, the, I say we, the Oklahoma County declared a health emergency and we couldn't stay anymore. Um, Blaine Arthur, the, the person that handles ag issues, she never gave me the name at the White House, told her, you realize you're the last event going on in the United States. And Blaine goes, yeah, we know we're the last ag event. And they said, <laughs> no, 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 no. The last event. Oh, really? Yes. So. Anyway, we fought as long as we could, as you know, and uh, if we knew back then what we know today, even the health officials knew we could have finished easy. There'd been no issue, but we just didn't know that back then. And so we fought as long as we could. Since then, we've been putting on a lot of replacement shows, which I've got the best staff in the country. Uh, I think evidenced by the number of people we've helped put on replacement shows and the number of replacement shows we put on ourselves. So 
Um, we've been to California. Uh, we've been to did the replacement for the Oklahoma State Fair down in Duncan a few weeks ago. And then some other shows across the country that you've seen pop up. I'm sure you're familiar with a lot of them called us and asked us for advice. Because what's funny, Trent, you you know this, the OYE, we're standalone 501c3 nonprofit. We're not right. tied to the Oklahoma State Fairgrounds. We could go have OYE at Fort Worth or Kansas City. Technically, you know, we're not tied to the fairgrounds. And I've told my board of directors they had a great vision 20 years ago when they set this up. Because I think it's what a lot of states are going to have to go to with the budget crisis, that they may not have the money with the state fair and they're going to have to prop up 501c3s and go rent facilities and have shows like we have. So we've had a lot of calls from folks across the country asking for our bylaws, asking for our model, which we're happy to share because what you went back to, let's keep the kids first and give them opportunities. Tyler, I, I, I know that uh, I'm going to put it in analogy of driving down the road. A lot of people like to use cruise. I don't. I like to keep my foot on the foot feet, and I think it keeps me more alert. But we in the livestock exhibition business were going down the interstate on cruise. We had things happening. Uh, Extension was doing what they were doing. FFA was doing what they were doing. And in 2020, all of that went out the window. And I'm going to reference a conversation with a friend of mine, Greg Lear, from Spencer, Iowa. I saw him in Des Moines at the... uh, alternative to the what well, i don't remember now which one it was i think the world park expo that was in july that wasn't the world park expo and doesn't matter what it was he was whining that the clay county fair just canceled and i just said what are you going to do about it and so he went to work and put together a replacement show that was i still have people talking to me about it that happened in september and what you just described it's a game changer we've taken the cruise off maybe there was a bit of tapping the brake but I see the accelerator coming in now and unlimited opportunities without the the restraints that we had before and artificial barriers that we were putting our kids in. Just what you described. This might be the best thing ever. Yep. You're right. I mean, people have stepped up and they push themselves personally. We as adults to make sure these kids have opportunities and it's made us better. And I think it's put a focus on two things. And I've said this in some podcasts I've done once put the focus on, the kids from a show administrator standpoint and from the adults. But two, I think it's also made adults appreciate folks that have been putting on shows and how hard it is to organize and the stress it is and the things you have to put up with. I I hope it makes both sides appreciate, appreciate each other more. If that makes sense. Let me back up. Why do we have livestock shows for kids? Well, if you ask me and when I'm going and selling OYE for me, as much as anything, it's to teach them skills they can't learn anywhere else. Um, it teaches them to put something else before themselves, a human life. I mean, I mean, a, not a human life, a living thing. It teaches them fiscal responsibility. It helps them interact and learn how to meet people and, and uh, develop relationships. And then just as important as any of them, it gives them hands-on agriculture experience. Because in Oklahoma, we're the only program left. Uh, within 4-H and FFA where kids get hands-on agriculture experience that we know they're getting that. And so many of our students are non-traditional ag students now, and we're making them advocates for the food industry, uh, for the growing livestock industry, um, that they can go out when they become professionals. They can say, hey, I'm here today and I learned everything. I A lot of things I know that make me a good employee because of my experience in the show ring. So that's what I tell folks. And it's evidenced by Trent, our sponsorships, Mm-hmm. You know, I always say the ag folks, we appreciate them so much, but you know who they are, the farm bureaus, the AFRs, the farm credits, the feed companies, the trailer companies. They're, they 
they want and need to be a part of our program because that's where their business is and they support kids. And I, we appreciate them so much. But where our sponsorships have really grown in Oklahoma at the OYE are by companies coming to us and saying, we don't know much about agriculture, but all we know is those kids make the best employees. And we want to help them right now. But just as importantly, we want them to say, I want to go to work for whatever company when I graduate. And that's why we want to be a part of your event. So it does, I think it, it's two, it does. Tyler, it doesn't matter where I'm at today. If I'm in Alabama, if I'm in Montana, Nebraska, Oklahoma, every business owner tells me the challenge is finding not somebody skilled, somebody that has a work ethic to show up and want to make a difference. You personally, I know, have been planting that seed with these businesses, and that's what makes OYE such a success. Yep. Uh, I agree with you 100%. You know, I judged the Illinois Replacement Show a couple of months ago, one of them, the one Miles Tonius put on. and I, I did never hit me, but I, have you ever read The Greatest Generation, Trent? Have you ever read that book? No, I have not. Uh, it's one of my favorite books. It just tells stories about World War mm. II. And uh, when you read the book, it continually talks about how that generation pulled up their bootstraps and made America so great after World War II. But time and time again, it talks about a kid from rural, you fill in the state, New York, Nebraska, right, right. California, wherever. And my point to them was... <clears throat> Hopefully from this, another great, the greatest generation of this century arises from this pandemic. And it's going to be the rural kids again that lead us out of this. And we have to continue to nurture that and develop that as uh, adults that we were given that opportunity. And now we need to make sure through this, our young people have those opportunities. And hopefully they become the greatest generation of this century. That's spot on. And the analogy is that it was the struggle that made them the greatest generation. It, That's right. If everything had been handed to them and been easy, it wouldn't be any different than any other generation. That's right. We're so, talking about people who went in the yard every morning hoping that a dandelion popped up so they had something to eat that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I got to go to a break. Okay. Todd, Todd Kennedy, obviously needing work to do. Do you have something he could do today? Because he's just sitting here weighing in on Facebook. He, he can come raise money for the Cattlemen's <laughs> Congress in Hawaii. No, he doesn't know how to do that. Cattlemen's (laughs) Congress. Oh, we'll talk about that when we get back. Before I let you go, I want to remind you about Netflix. Yes, I am suggesting you watch The Stand at Paxton County on Netflix because it illustrates animals and animal ownership and the challenge to animal ownership and what we need to do to stand up to these bullies. Go to Netflix. Todd Kennedy, we know you got a lot of spare time. Go watch The Stand at Paxton County and let me know what you think about my debut in the movie business, Tyler Norvell. We'll be back tonight. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. We'll be back with more Roll Route right after this. Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Luce alongside Tyler Norvell joining us from Oklahoma City, president of OYE, Oklahoma Youth Expo. We want me to do that over Oklahoma Youth no. Expo. You're right. Hawaii. You're good. Yeah. Am I going to see you next week, by the way? Yes, you will. In Kansas City. Yes, I think it's going to be enormous. Did you get a spot pig from that inferior spot breeder in in Oklahoma that you're going to try to compete with? I do. I have one from yeah. the one and only Big Bob. Bad habits are hard to break, aren't they? They are. They are. Especially when you're one of your best friends. (laughs) I don't see I can be anybody's best friend. Just kidding. All right.
I, I just love getting him to tell the honeymooner story. That's what I want him to do. Oh, yeah. The Cattlemen's Congress. Speaking of alternatives, you kind of threw that out there before we left. I remember exactly where I was at, like it was some big moment that the news came that the National Western Stock Show in Denver, Colorado was postponing. They didn't cancel. They postponed until 2021, which is humorous. Yeah. And I, I had the same thought that somebody's going to fill the need. And, of course, it was Tyler Norvell and the folks in Oklahoma City that stepped up to the plate and said, hey, we can do Denver in Oklahoma City. What do you got planned? Well, I may rehash the whole story because I'm never going to forget the day it canceled because my phone started blowing up and everybody started saying, you need to do this. You need to do this. And I thought, well, OYE six or seven weeks after Denver was supposed to be over. And I just kind of let it ride for a couple hours. And then the chairman called Mr. Funk. And, President of Express Ranches, Joe Callahan, said, hey, do you think we can pull this off? And I never had concerns about it if we did it, it affecting OYE. I had more concerns is, is the state fairgrounds available and is the city of Oklahoma City going to let us? Mm-hmm. But my first call was to our governor. As you know, we have a great governor in Oklahoma who we love dearly, Kevin Stitt. And I called him and it took about half a second for him to say, let's do this. You know, how are we going to get this done? And I said, well, I just wanted to know you were on board. And of course, he was 110% on board. And uh, we then reached out to the state fairgrounds. And at first, you know, their answer was, it takes a whole year to plan for the National Western. There's no way we can pull it off here in four months. And then we started to, <laughs> but, but their, in their thought process, the National Western is the rodeo, the trade show, the right, 100 right. million economic impact. And we went to mm. them and said, hey, this will be more like the world quarter horse show. You know, we host the World Quarter Horse Show here. It'll be more like that. And they're like, oh, we can manage that. And luckily, January 2nd through 17th was open at the fairgrounds. And, you know, they've lost a lot of revenue and lost a lot of opportunities. And uh, they've been having horse shows and other shows here very successfully following COVID guidelines. And so they said, hey, we're open to this. Uh, They reached out to the city and the city said, hey, it's like the World Quarter Horse Show and other events you've been having. We think that's okay." And then, uh, week and a half ago, Monday, we had all the breed associations in and that was the day we figured out we had the financial support and everything we needed to make it happen. And I told them Monday, uh, whatever date that was the Monday before we left for Tulsa, I said, the nine breeds that were here, the eight, I said, I feel like the dog that's been chasing the truck and I caught it and now I don't know what to do. So, um, we started going to work and putting a schedule together. And I don't know if you heard Trent, we did a contract for an advisory role and to help us. Aaron Dorsey, who used to be at the National Western, is yeah, helping no, us coordinate the schedule and put this together. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's helping us put things together because I've jokingly been telling everybody for two weeks now, I'm just a 4-H and FFA show administrator. You know, it is a little bit of a different world um, dealing with breed associations, these sales managers, and each of them present opportunities and each of them present challenges. And Aaron's been great help to put things together and help guide us through this because she has contacts we didn't have. So, um, we've been working on that. And we realized. And, and Aaron is not exactly a waffler. I mean, no. it's kind of like, this is the way it's going to be, Trent. Don't try to stretch the limits. It's going to be like this. And that's what you're going yeah. to need in this particular yep. situation. Yes. And, and also, I've got to have the help because I don't want to kill my staff because we're prepping for OYE during that time, too. So, um, but anyway, we're excited and uh, we got a schedule. I hope we'll go to the breeds later today and a uh, sale schedule and oh, hopefully a lot of information coming out later today. If not, then uh, it'll mm-hmm. be next week, early next week. But 
we know for sure we're going to be January 2nd through the 17th. And we're not going to be able to do the small species. Um, Aaron is working on a show for them, for the goats, sheep, and hogs. But every square inch of this fairgrounds is going to be full for the two weeks we have it. And with COVID, we just couldn't pull it off. But like I said, Aaron has plans. She'll be announcing soon for a junior market yeah. show. Steve, you must have been reading my mind that I applaud you on your cattle endeavors, but was going to scold you on leaving the other breeds, the other species out. Trust me, you know how dear hogs are to my heart. And, you know, we didn't want to, what an optional, but there's going to be an opportunity for them. So it's coming. Maybe more than one. I was going to put one together myself. So maybe yes. we should talk about that. So yes. you have buy-in from the breeds themselves. Are they designated as their national show or how's that? Taken yes, place? sir. Yes, sir. I hope I don't get it wrong. I know the Angus, the Hereford, the Mains, Shorthorns, Scimitals, Kenia, um, and maybe a couple more coming that'll be their national show. So that will be their Denver show that they were going to have. So that's very exciting. We are going to have uh, a pin bull show with three and five pins. We're not going to be able to pull off the carload. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Funk was pretty disappointed about that because he let carloads his favorite show, but we just didn't quite have the room to pull that off. Um, but you've been to OIE before, right, Trent? I've seen I, you. I, have. I know you have. Yeah. Yeah. But where, where we show the pigs at OIE, mm-hmm will be where we show the yard bulls and the cattle and have the pin bull show. And then across the road where we have the grand drive and the steer show and the sheep show will be our main show ring. Like it would have been at Denver. So, um, and then the sales we will have to my knowledge, Aaron told me every sale that was supposed to be at Denver will now take place at, at, uh, the cattlemen's Congress. I may be off one or two sales, but I, I mean, she's putting the sale schedule together. But almost every breed I'm aware of is having to sell. I mean, even the miniature Herefords are having to sell here. So um, we will have uh, the see, sales. You can use your pig topper, pig popper to take mini Herefords, pack those pocket rockets <laughs> and get them to Oklahoma City. They, they were asking me how many hog or I mean, how many cattle we could stall on the <laughs> west side of the road. You know, that whole quarter mile stretch. It's 3,000 yeah. hogs during OIE. And I said, well, I know we can fit 3,000 minis in there during the show. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and I'm so glad. I mean, it would have been easy for anybody to do a, a National Western replacement without the pin aspect. But I share the sentiments of Bob Funk and that when we went to Denver, we were in the yards every year with bulls. And I hope you have the, the, yeah, I hope you have the ability. Yeah, I got to, a phone call. I'm going to put my phone on airplane mode and it took it off. There you are. Go ahead. <laughs> I hope that you have the ability to recreate that, that ambiance, so to speak. Which, quite frankly, won't be what it was in the old days of Denver when they have the new yards in place anyway, because there was something really special about being in the old yards. But that it, that's what made the National Western Cattle Show what it was, was that aspect of, of cattle in the yards. And I predict you'll get cattlemen from everywhere to come because it's going to be in a new location. Maybe they've always wanted to go to Denver, could never get there. I, I can see where you're going to turn this into a tremendous success just because of all of the things you're replicating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you talk about people not being able to come to Denver. I got a call from one of the vendors where it wouldn't, you know, the number ahead. And I said, I, you got to realize there's 1400 heifers that come to Oklahoma Youth Expo right. that, you know, maybe 50 of them show up at Denver. I said, there could be five to 700 of them show up here that never go to Denver. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, man, I hadn't thought about that. Then you think about all the Texas kids and depending on what the announcements are out of the Texas shows in the coming months. You know, this thing could get out of hand and uh, in terms of numbers. And I don't mean I mean that in a positive way. Um, so 
it's really exciting. I did forget to mention, we're also going to do the yard uh, bull displays in uh, Barn H. Oh, excellent. That's the big arena uh, where we have the guilt sale. Mm-hmm. And we will have that, and we're going to be able to have a trade show. Uh, we'll space it out accordingly. And So anyway, but you'll like this idea, Trent. And I stole it from your hog friends on the, you know, this year on the boar stud tours, they did them all online because, you know, not as many people could come and see the boars. And so I've told everybody on the, on the bull display, what I want to do, the Todd Kennedy special, he's the one that's really good at this stuff. He's still listening is one night do a purebred bull display TV program. Mm-hmm. And one night do a, uh, club calf bull display. I say TV program, a webcasting show, and then right. display these bulls one night, let the breeders come up, show their bull talk about the, the genetics in it and why they kept this bull and why they think people should breed their cows to it and kind of let them promote their stuff and do a program. So I think that'll be pretty neat too. Yeah. I, I think that's a tremendous endeavor. In fact, you're talking about emulating something that's going to happen in Duncan in two weeks. J.R. Armstrong, that was his vision. And I think it's fantastic. I think we'll see more of that kind of thing in the future, but Tyler, we've got to go to a break. Just like that, we are halfway through a red shirt Friday roll route. Tyler not wearing red on this Friday. I doubt he wears red any Friday, but we'll talk about that. We'll explain why you should. Okay. It's about the greatest generation. Before I let you go, Tyler did not mention Piedmontese. I don't know about showing Piedmontese cattle, but what I do know is that we use them in our commercial herd. And the certified Piedmontese system is flat working for people in a very economic trying time. And it's because it's all based upon the science and the technology of the myostatin gene, the Piedmontese cattle that have been selected by Lone Creek Cattle Company, the Cavies, to grow well, perform for you, and pay big dividends. Get more details about the premium, which still is about $180 over market. Does that interest you? Sears and Heifer, same price? It should. It's about predictability. More details from Marlon Will at com. More Tyler Norbert. Roll out after this. Welcome back to Roll Routes on a Red Shirt Friday. You don't know the story of the Red Shirt? I'm sorry, I don't. Coming home from World War II, the ladies' auxiliary within the VFW thought that we should show some sort of appreciation for the men and women who fought for our freedom and so they suggested that every Friday when they're returning home, the, we, the nation wear a red shirt just to say thank you. Now, others have also pointed out that red stands for remember everyone deployed. And so a red shirt on Friday is not anything to do with a, a, a message to Norman, Oklahoma. It's all about saying thank you to those men and women who risk everything to protect our freedom. Well, I will remember that. I will wear a red shirt next Friday. I want to. I bet I wear a red shirt every Friday that we don't play OU. The next. I'm good with that. Hey, when you when you play OU, that high school quality team, you don't need to wear one. But otherwise, you should have. I wear orange. I wear my orange Stillwater. Yep. Yep. Burn orange. We're just the brightest orange. There's a difference. (laughs) (laughs) Are we talking scholastically or visually? Uh, Visually. Visually. All right. So, yeah, what's going to happen when you pull this off flawlessly, in case folks are just joining us, we're talking about what you're calling the Cattlemen's Congress, correct? Correct. And everybody thinks you need to plan for an entire leap year to pull off a successful event. All you need is people who have experience in knowing how to do this. 
That's right. You need good people that are willing to work. And we've got it with OIE and our awesome staff and then bringing in Aaron and 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 then all the great people from the breed associations that we're working with. So the way it's going to work are the breeds are running their own shows and we're just mm-hmm. providing the venue and then we'll put on the steer show and the prospect heifer show and then run the trade show and the bull display. So, you know, it's it, it's not rocket science. It just takes, like you said, hard work and good people and you can make it through it. Yeah. People that don't just put in their time that actually get to work doing it. We didn't really focus on the junior show aspect. You mentioned the steer show, but what's going on with that for more details? So each of the breeds, just like at Denver, will put on their own junior heifer show. And then we'll have an open bull show, an open heifer show with each of the breeds. And then we're going to have a junior market steer show since we're already here and set up for cattle. And then we will do a prospect steer show and a, and a prospect breeding heifer show. And then I forgot to mention two other things we're doing. Um, we will be having a livestock judging contest to replace the National Western contest. Um, all species, too. Dr. Clint Rusk at Oklahoma State is going to put that on just like he does at Denver. But we'll have cattle, goats, sheep, and hogs in that contest. Uh, so we're excited about that. And then the other thing we're going to do that I'm really pumped up about is we're going to copy our friends to the north uh, like they do at Agribition. And from my knowledge, Kansas City, Louisville, or Denver has never done this, but we are going to select a supreme overall open breeding bull and supreme overall open breeding heifer along with the junior heifer. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I think that'll be pretty neat to get to do that for the first time. I've been very fortunate and honored to announce that uh, supreme selection at the Nebraska State Fair for 10 years before this year. And um, there's that, that's a tremendous opportunity and, and create. That means all those cattle are going to be there at the same time. That's right. There, if you have a champion on the first part of the schedule, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to have to lay over if you want to show in the Supreme. And yeah. so um, our schedule's not in terms of timeline. The dates are going to be different because we're a week earlier. But in terms right. of timeline, for the most part, the schedule will be similar to Denver in terms of what breeds are there at the same time what, when they come in and come out. Uh, are, they're pretty similar. Uh, Tyler, maybe this isn't even a, a relevant question, but I always try to, particularly with the, the junior youth events that I work with, is not only create the atmosphere of the competition of the livestock show, but make sure that kids have a, an educational aspect to the bigger picture of commercial food production, farm to fork in all species of livestock. How do you, and I know you're equally interested in that education as I am, but from an open show standpoint, and maybe this is with the, the community of Oklahoma City, how do we convey that this is part of the bigger picture of your food production system? I think that is an excellent question and not an easy one to answer. Um, You know, it's funny you say that. We're actually having a meeting this afternoon here at the office with Kelly Payne. Have you met Kelly Payne yet? I don't believe so. Okay, I'm going to connect you two. Y'all will hit it off. Mm -hmm. Kelly Payne runs the Oklahoma City Stockyards and then in in the Stockyards community. She is running for Oklahoma City Council next in February to try to get on the Oklahoma city council, which is a huge deal. You should absolutely have her on your show. She is tremendous. Um, but, um, we're meeting with her this afternoon to talk about exactly what you're talking about. How do we get these people, uh, involved and how do we take stockyard city and this show and take it to the whole Oklahoma city area, metropolitan area. And I think a big part of that is, um, for us, even on the open show, 
is getting more uh, city councilmen, more local city officials involved. As you know, with our show at OYE, I mean, this I don't mean this to sound arrogant at all, but I don't know a show that's done a better job of getting their elected officials from a state rep and a state senator and a statewide standpoint involved in their agriculture program than we have. And we've been very blessed because we've got two gentlemen at the top that like to play the game and Bob Funk and Jimmy Harrell and be involved in politics and help influence and protect rural Oklahoma. But I think you've got to get elected officials involved because they're the ones that have the built-in social media following that you don't have to go out and pay for and organic following like you have Trent always mm-hmm. works better. So how do we get them to buy in what we're doing? I do feel like, and and I, I want your opinion on this. I've thought about you often through the pandemic feels like to me, the food industry that we, that produce the food for this country, especially three or four months ago, were as appreciated as we had been in the last couple of decades. And and you may disagree with that statement. No, but I think I, now I, I, all the data suggests that farmers have surged in appreciation and respect. Yep. And now is our opportunity to take it. We we can't just be idle. We have to run with this. And and this show in I think about it because I've been so busy trying to organize it and get it going. We need to find opportunities to take advantage of it here in the city. Yeah, that's exactly why I asked the question. Hard to believe we'd be on the same wavelength. But, you know, I've had representatives from Oklahoma on this program through the pandemic. I had Blaine Arthur on this program through the pandemic because now that we have everybody seeking a local butcher shop or seeking somebody that they know to buy their meat supplies from, Oklahoma, and from a beef harvesting standpoint, doesn't have one plant that can make that happen. And so we need to build the infrastructure on establishments. And it just so happens, I don't know if you ever heard of a Sky McNeil. You ever heard oh, yeah, of her? Yeah, I've heard of her. Okay, I, I keep this on my desk right here because Oklahoma and the, the whole tech program, Career Tech, is, is leading the way, in my mind, in teaching hand-on meat processing skills. But we need more infrastructure in the state of Oklahoma so that these people can go. Put, we have a demand. We have a supply. We don't have the people in the middle to make it happen. I think, Tyler, we have a huge opportunity with the events like you're putting together to bring everybody, not just to show guys, bring everybody from food production to food consumption together. Yep. And that's something we need to talk to our great Secretary of Ag about. Because mm-hmm. she could help facilitate some of that. What are things that we can do? So. Will she She's, be too busy pulling the hair up on a Charlotte heifer or anything, or will she be have, have time for that? No, that, that? That's her boy and her husband. You know her. She's always working and <laughs> promoting, which I, I say in a very positive way. So, I do, and, too. And, and I should tell you, she was a big part of getting this thing pulled off as well from the state and the support from the elected oh, yeah. officials. As you know, we have the best secretary of ag here in Oklahoma. I'm not going to argue with you on that one. I know. I know. Uh, Ronette is chiming in, and thank you, Ronette. And she talks about the Cattlemen's Classic and how awesome the uh, opportunity to bring those breed champions together. I really see, Tyler, where you could make that something that people that have no involvement in agriculture could want to be a part of and, and witness if you position it correctly. I, I agree 100%. I want to say hello to Renette. I, I love judging the Nebraska Cattlemen's Classic. It's been a long time since I was up there. And she asked me again, and I couldn't make it, but I love that show. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I want to find ways that we could 
promote and run with this Supreme Drive even more and use it exactly what you're talking about. And so I'm hoping we get the schedule out. We get a few other things nailed down. We get through Kansas City because we all got to go to the American Royal. And then we start focusing on some things like that, as well as sponsorships. Um, mm-hmm. well, I've got to get on that. I, I got to say, I love you judging Cattleman's Classic, too, because it's the only chance I get to give, have you buy me dinner at the Alley Rose with OYE dollars. Yep. Don't, you can't tell I bought it with OYE money. No. <laughs> oh, we didn't do that. No. No, no, we didn't do that. Yeah. So I owed you one because you'd come down and spoke for us at an OYE I did, event. Yeah, so that's free, what it's, it's about. It's about yeah. doing favors. Uh, Todd has a, a great comment here, and it's opportunities for local processors rather than the companies. We, we need people to step up and want to be a part of that. But Blaine Arthur also comes into play there because the reason that so many people, small processors, struggle is that they don't get treated at the same level that the large packing entity does from a regulatory standpoint. That playing field needs to be leveled. Yeah, and she's working on it. I'm proud of Blaine and our Department of Ag and our governor. I, and I'm asking you, you would know, and I'm sure you're aware of this. We put out $10 million worth of grants for small processors to expand and build new facilities. And mm-hmm. I'm not aware of any other state doing that. And that kind of goes to show our leadership's commitment to helping with this problem and helping those local processors. So I was really pr- proud of Blaine and her team and the governor for doing that. And uh, I, I realized through this too, Trent, being a local processor is kind of like being a, the veterinarian or the or the guy that shoes horses or the teeth floater, whatever you name it. It's a, it's a trade that's not being passed down. And right. we're going to run out of people that can process livestock if we don't do what Sky McNeil and Career Tech's doing now. Yeah. Well, we, I just can't stop talking about all the positive things you got going on in Oklahoma, I guess. But we're going to have one more. Just move down here. Mm, no. No, I'll just keep coming. It's not very far. I come pretty well, regular. So. It is nice to have people outside of your state plug in your state. So you just keep it up. Well, I just call a spade a spade. And when you guys are are doing things that continue to put you in the lead, you got to point that out. Yep. Seeking solutions, not just identifying problems. Tyler Norvell, that's his, that's his MO. Hey, before I let you go on this segment, and we've got one segment left, Neogen also is looking into the future. Neogen is looking at the genomics that are present in your animals, particularly your food animals. They also do pets, but that's all about origin. Food animals, they want to know how fast this chicken can grow, how efficiently it can grow, and maybe even what the disease resistance potential is from a genomic standpoint. That's what Neogen does. Get more details about how you can be a part of the system, and it's really pretty reasonable. It doesn't cost that much. Details at neogen.com to shine a light on your genetic future. My goodness, nothing happening at OSU right now. Even Dr. Jerry Fitch is chiming in. We'll be back with the last segment of Roll Out right after this. Welcome back to Roll Route, Trent Luce, alongside with all Oklahoma all the time. I didn't intend on that to happen, but it certainly developed that way. Jerry Fitch yep. weighing in who uh, I think he only mentors about 90 kids in the ag department at OSU, says leadership in the Oklahoma is totally on board with the agricultural industry. No better secretary of ag than Blaine Arthur. No better governor that understands rural ag, rural and ag issues than Governor Stitt. That's a big deal. Tyler, that, that's not happening 
in most places. And I got to give kudos to my governor, uh, Pete Ricketts, who he's as good as there is. Nobody's better than Christine Ohm, by the way. But uh, Governor Pete Ricketts is as good as there is. And he was not a farm guy. He didn't really know anything about agriculture. But you know what he did was he went to all 93 counties after elected and said, I want to learn. What are your issues? And he's become the best ag governor I've ever witnessed in the state of Nebraska. So awesome. Well, it I, know that him, I know that him and governor Stitt are good buddies. They really like each other. Hit it off. I, yeah, I do know that. Uh, you didn't mention chickens. There'll be no chickens at the cattlemen's Congress. No, no, no chickens at the cattlemen's Congress. I catch a little flack <laughs> for no chickens at OYE. If you know the truth. <laughs> hey, exorbit every year. The broilers are a big hit. You should think about yeah. this pen of chickens. And it don't take a lot of space. You can put like right. 20, 20 chickens where you can put a miniature Hereford. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So, And you got a couple of chickens in Oklahoma. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. I hear that every now and then. Yeah. So that's what I hear. But anyway. <laughs> Sounds like you're chicken to talk about chickens. <laughs> no, no, I just. I can talk about chickens all you want. Your buddy Drew Edmondson. Hey, as long as Drew Edmondson's in this state, I'm always going to have job security when it comes to chickens. He's always stirring. So yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we don't want to go down there. We don't have no time. Uh, so the question came up, and you addressed the sales aspect. I, I don't know that we, we really clarified. There will be a premium auction so to speak for the market oh, animals no no i'm sorry that there won't we're going to have flat premiums for the market steer show we won't have a premium sale um, we're still raising that money and see where we're at but no there will be production sales there will be bull sales there will be uh, uh breeding heifer sales things like that like they have at denver um you know mm-hmm. they'll the Den- denim and diamond sale that's really popular sale it, it'll happen uh the angus foundation female sale the hereford sale a national Hereford sale, things like that are all going to take place. But I'm glad you clarified there will not be a premium sale for the steers, but we do plan to go and raise flat premiums for the kids and give them out money. So in 2020, and I know the answer to this question, that's why I'm going to ask, because again, there's nobody better than Tyler Norvell at making this happen. In 2020, uh, we continue to tell ourselves that there's just no money to sponsor ag events and livestock events. That's not true. You just have to ask people and explain why they should be a part of investing. That's right. There's only one industry in Oklahoma who's very near and dear to my heart. I know it's near and dear to yours. The oil and gas industry, they've had to cut back just because, you know, they had 100 uh, drilling rigs running 18 months ago. Now they're down to 11. I mean, I told somebody the other day, the oil and gas companies that have helped us, some of them are still going to help us where they can. I said some of them didn't tell me no. You pick up the phone, you call it, the, the company doesn't exist anymore, you know, and mm-hmm. that's sad, you know. So, um, but we picked up a new platinum sponsor for $25,000 last week, Hillary Communications, a rural broadband and telephone company. Um, we've got some leads on some other ideas. You just got to go pound the pavement and, and, and make those calls and the money's out there. Will it be what it's been? Maybe not, but it might be better. We just don't know yet. And so you've got to go hustle, but the, but the money's out there. Um, but besides besides oil and gas. And the other thing, again, I'm looking for the silver lining in 2020, the storm. The other thing is that we've learned how to do things virtually. And I never believe that virtual should or will replace live events such as OIE or Cattlemen's Congress in Oklahoma City in January. 
but you and you've already mentioned you can incorporate the two and, and make them complement one another and just tr- create tremendous opportunities for again I call it not sponsorships I call it investments because these are companies that are investing in the future of food production whether it be in human capital or in food itself absolutely that's a great it is investment in human capital uh, I love the word human capital because that's where investing in hey I, I've got to go on a sidebar with you and tell you something that I use a line of yours all the time. I, I use it all the time, Trent, and you're the one that gave it to me a decade ago when we met. You asked me, you said, what's the number one thing that would be affected in our lives if oil, if oil was not here tomorrow? I'll mm-hmm. never forget you asking me that. And I use it all the time. And we've used that mantra in Oklahoma to build a solid, awesome relationship between the oil and gas industry and agriculture because we've realized we can't make it without each other. So anyway, I'm sorry to change subject, but I really wanted you to know that. Yeah, well, now I'm, I'm gushing, blushing. I, I don't know how to handle that. But the reality is that we're all in a resource-providing business, and we take resources, we make them available to human beings. We're all in it together, and the attacks come from the same people. It doesn't make any sense for us to be fragmented. Yep, and we're not here in Oklahoma. We actually do a Legislator 101 for all the new freshman legislators with mm-hmm. oil and gas and agriculture together now. And just you need, you're the one that changed my mindset on how to think about the, all that. And of course, our enemies help drive us together too. Like you said, it is the same enemy. Yeah. All right. So we are in the last half of this last segment. Uh, Tyler, anything that we've not addressed uh, from investing in youth or what's happening in Oklahoma City in January that we really need to get to? Uh, I'm sure there is. And I'll think about it as soon as we uh, hang up or in the interviews over. But like I have said, and, and people may be tuned in late, we hope to have right. a schedule out to the breeds later today. And if not early next week, um, but in terms of the move in and the move out, the time frame, what breeds are together for the most part, it'll be similar to what Denver is, but we're going to have to start January 2nd on the move in and, and starting the show because the fairgrounds are only available January 2nd through the 17th. That's why we can't, go the next week and have the junior market shows or whatever it may be. And as I mentioned, we have uh, brought Aaron Dorsey on in a consulting role and she's helping us. She's va- extremely valuable and a huge asset to us putting this all together. And she is also working on a plan to have a junior uh, market lamb, market goat, market hog show somewhere here uh, in late January. So know that she is working on that to make that happen. And quite frankly, I'm sure you don't want to think about this at this moment. But there's room for this event to continue, even if Denver decides 2021 National Western needs to go on, because you can pull from a segment of people that just can't functionally get to Denver in January. That's right. And and a lot of people called after the press release came out and it said the inaugural Cattlemen's Classic or Cattlemen's (laughs) Congress. So they're like, are you doing this next year? And I just said, well, we're opening the door that we could. I'm not telling you 100 percent we are, but I'm definitely not saying we aren't. So we'll just see where it goes. And, you know, Trent, you've been out on the front lines. Um, I remember when we first met, you told me about going to, uh, uh, oh, my goodness, I just went blank, in California, uh, Cow Palace, that you went to Cow Palace. And you think about Chicago and how it had to move to to Louisville because of politics and how Cow Palace is hurting because of politics. And I'm not, I worry long time long term for the future of Denver just because of politics and I want it to be successful and I want that to be there because it's such an awesome venue and so much tradition 
but I feel bad for those guys out there and what they have to fight and what they have to put up with from a political standpoint where you talk about how blessed we are here in Oklahoma to have the backing of the government officials. It's almost a 180 for them out there and what they're having to put up with. Okay, but that's a perfect segue into why Chicago lost it. 100 years ago, 25% of the people in the city of Chicago worked in the meatpacking business. One one in four people, and, and they let it get away. You're talking about the cow palace, which most ranchers met their wives at the cow palace through the 50s and 60s and 70s, and people let it get away. Denver, let's just admit it, Governor Polis is not Governor Stitt when it comes to understanding rural areas and agriculture. But, Tyler, none of this just happens. That's why it's important that you and I emphasize, don't take these elected officials for granted. Don't assume that they're just going to keep the best interest of rural Oklahoma, rural Nebraska at heart. Continue to foster this, continue to engage in the process, because at the end of the day, we live in a representative republic, and those representatives respond to who they hear from most often. It has to be us. 100%. And I, I tell folks all the time, our friends in urban America, and especially I'll just say Oklahoma City and Tulsa, mm-hmm. they are so intrigued by our way of life because they see our kids and the character they have and the work ethic they have. And they want to come learn about what we do. And if you can ever get them to Oklahoma Youth Expo, if you can ever get them out to Express Ranches or just give them the experience. And I'm talking about the ones that aren't the radical left or the ones that right. already made up their mind there against us. But the ones that are open minded about it, oh, they buy in and they just want to be a part. I, I joke. Uh, I, I joke all the time with Oklahoma City friends. You just want to be a cool country kid. I know you do. And they're like, absolutely, we do. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you've got to go. I tell all the newly elected rural legislators in Oklahoma, I tell them the second you get in that building, go build relationships with the urban members. Don't worry about your rural colleagues. You all are naturally yeah. going to have friendship and be together. Go get to know the urban members and let them learn what you do because it matters about our future. I say this in all sincerity, no tongue in cheek whatsoever. Every elected official should go spend a day with the Owasso FFA chapter. Scott Nemechek, Jonathan Holloway have done a phenomenal job. I don't know. They maybe have 200 students now in the Owasso FFA program. Not one of them lives on a farm. And they all want to be cool country kids. It is the most inspiring. Go ahead. They have a waiting list to get into FFA there. Yeah. How many schools can say that, by the way? Not, I don't know of any besides that one. By the way, did you, I'm sure you know this. Scott Nemechek's now the state FFA advisor. Do you know that? I did know that. Okay. That's, that's why he doesn't return my calls anymore. I have to go through people. <laughs> uh, that's great. I'm going to tease right. you next time I see him. <laughs> Yeah, there's no spot guilt at the Owasso FFA hog barn anymore. Give me all him about that. And don't tell him Big Bob ought to send one over there. All right. Final thing. Once again, schedule, tentative schedule. Final schedule will be out today. Tyler Norvell for Cattlemen's Congress in January. Today or Monday. We're we're going to try today. So, yes. No, I want it before the weekend. Okay. All right. (laughs) We have successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America, reminding all of you that we are in a representative republic. Never more important than now to be a part of standing up and saying what needs to happen. Tyler Norville, Trent Luce, all of us remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route.
Just one more quick reminder about the Certified Piedmontese Opportunity, and that's exactly what it is, an opportunity for you as a cattleman to actually capture the value that you put in these cattle. Lone Creek Cattle Company has done all of the work. They have what Jerry Hofer calls Americanized, these Piedmontese cattle. That means they breed easy, they calve easy, they grow fast, they have tenderness gene, the myostat gene for tenderness. You, the cattleman, get paid properly. That's what it's all about. Details at LoneCreekCattleCode.com.